Welcome into the Edge Construction Home Remodeling Show on 100.5 ESPN in Wisconsin On Demand. This show, along with all the other ESPN Madison shows, are now available anywhere you get your podcasts. You can listen to this show uh, for free on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever it is. You can listen to the Edge Construction Home Remodeling Show on ESPN Madison. Just look it out wherever it is that you do listen to your podcast. And um, Jim Rutledge alongside Mike Tewick from Edge Construction. Call Mike at 636-EDGE. You can go to edgeconstructioncompany.com to browse the work and read reviews. And today we're going to get to a couple of different things as far as planning your home remodel and and really the, the, the design and drawing part of that home remodel. But I first wanted to get to some cool pictures that, um, that I found on, on Instagram here. And I showed you a couple of them and they both, you told me were from the same house. So I think I'll, I'll let you start with here. If you go to the Instagram for Edge Construction, I think it's the second or third one down. It's talking about uh, remodeling a kitchen and uh, looking at the before picture, it looks like a kitchen that was probably designed in the 70s. And no offense to the house beforehand, but it has the type of cabinets that I would kind of describe as like apartment cabinets. Like I think of like you know some apartments I've rented in the area where they're just kind of, you know, I'm sure they're fine quality, but there's no real design element to them. They're kind of a, like a, I don't know, a chestnut or I don't know, some sort of brown, like a nut brown there. But uh, you guys the got in there and lightened that whole space up and made a lot of extra space in that kitchen. So let's talk about the, the kitchen first there. Yeah, and it, this is a, I guess you'd call it a galley kitchen. It's sort of sort of a long, narrow kitchen. Um, it had, like you said, it's got those, what, what those cabinets are, um, this was pretty popular in the 70s, even late 60s, uh, where, where a carpenter would come in and just sort of build these things in place. So these weren't probably a production cabinet. They held up pretty well. I mean, they, they got, you know, how many... 50 years plus of life out of them. So they, they had to do something right. But the design was a little different that then. They had uh, two peninsulas and the, the socks, uh, of course. And then they've, I don't know if you've seen this very often and maybe some friends that have a house like this, but we're over the peninsula. They had a socket coming out and cabinets there. And yep. so if you're going to talk to somebody on the other side of, the, of these cabinets, you got to like bend over <laughs> and, and talk to each other through the opening between the cabinets there. I, I get it, you know, back, it was a more practical time, right? They just wanted to cram as many cabinets as they could into the space, and they weren't really thinking about um, the practicality or, or the design element, I guess. Like, I, I think what we do here, okay, we're we're still trying to solve those problems with storage, and we, we want it to be practical for sure. But we also want it to be nice to look at and want that design to hold up so that I think that's another another key to having a kitchen last or any remodel last is okay. You're, you got to use good products, but your design has to be good, or somebody's going to come in at some point and go, "Well, I don't like this. This looks stupid. Why would I keep this?" You know, right. I don't care if it's not falling apart. We're going to tear it out and change it. So, I think that 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 timelessness to the design is good. The, this kitchen, it it definitely was dated, right? It it you you saw this and uh, you go. Well, you know, it's maybe maybe used up its its uh, usefulness. With the two peninsulas, by the way, you you have corners in your kitchen, right? You got a yeah. It's a, we have one peninsula, and it's a lot of corners, though. Yeah, it's a lot of corners. And those corners, uh, do you ever stand in that corner and actually do work? My cook, no, nobody does, right? Well, you know, so, it's, yeah, our <laughs> corner even had a bread box in it. I, I'm sure that was my confidence. Well, I took that out myself. That wasn't that hard to take out, but I was like, the house isn't that old. Why does he even have the bread? It was that I should say bread box. It was actually a spot for TV. So they put like a cable box or like cable hookup over there and, and power. But I was like, so I mean, the house isn't even that old, but they still built it to have like old school television 
that you'd like set up on the in the corner because that's how useless the corner is. You just put a TV in there. I just put a TV right. there. Right. Nobody stands in the corner unless you're in trouble. <laughs> and so uh, my point is, we're we're if we can eliminate a corner in a kitchen, we're we're going to do it because then we don't have that corner cabinet, which stuff just uh, in our house. Um, we we did my kitchen a few years ago and. It had the lazy Susan O'Connor, which was okay. But I, I always joke, that's like where stuff went to die. Like yeah. whoever fell off, fell off that lazy Susan thing in the back, we're, we don't know what that is, Jim. I don't know. We're, we're never going to find out. When you remodeled, you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot we had this. <laughs> it was a check for $10,000. No, never it's never that. Yeah, so I, I, we're trying to find ways around that. I mean, a little like having a corner in a kitchen isn't the worst thing. It's... Um, there are now more useful probably ways to use that corner than there used to be with the the cool stuff you can put in cabinets now. But um, yeah, I think getting rid of those soffits was big in there. Cabinets to the ceiling. We added a bunch more light. Your first look is like, wow, this is so dark, right? Yeah. Uh, dark cabinets, uh, not enough light. Um, and then the, the, the cabinets over that one peninsula really shut things off. So that, that was a pretty big change, but uh, pretty neat. There's there's a part I don't know if you can see it. Uh, let me see if I can pull up. So if you click on the before pictures, oh yeah, there's a picture of it. Um, if you're looking at the stove wall, there's a, a pantry cabinet, and then there's some wall space right there. Yeah. We actually use that. We put a header in above that, open that wall up, and got a little spot. Uh, it's like it's almost like a modified island. It's sort of an island that. That kind of comes oh, yeah. over, makes some space, and a couple people can sit in the new design. But it's always those little things. And then uh, one of my favorite spots is at the end of the kitchen. There was just a kind of a blank wall, and we we did a um, – it's like a dry bar with open shelves above it, a uh, place to put your knickknacks and, uh, I don't know, maybe the booze bottles. I, I don't know what goes down there. But um, that's <laughs> an L And, by the way, then you – now to get to this, you have to go to where do you have to go? That bath, uh, their bath is in here somewhere, and it looks like oh, yeah. it's too new to get on um, our website or how. You can find it again if, you, if you're on Instagram. It's the one right below it uh, on there. Yeah. So, real question. Yeah, real yeah. Question though, did you move the fridge in this kitchen remodel? Is that something you guys do sometimes? Because I can't. It looks like where you had the fridge, you put maybe a pantry. Um, at least the picture I'm looking uh, at for well, that, I for the kitchen, because... <clears throat> or maybe it's just the angle of the pictures, but I didn't know if you happened to move that fridge a little bit. Um, I think... so let's see, around the end, it's kind of bracketed by a pantry. No, I think the fridge kind of stayed where... Okay, you just moved it. So I just judge that depth perception, but... Yeah, the, the fridge stays where it was, yep. Um, I think we did modify that wall a little bit, so it looks a little yep. bit more built in. Yep. I'm talking like we probably added a, a couple inches to it. We didn't... We didn't really change it a whole lot, but sometimes that little bit makes quite a difference, you know? Uh, but then looking at the bathroom here, uh, we can get to that one as, again, the bathroom kind of matches that that style of, uh, like you said, like that 70s, that I'm sure everything in there is is quality enough to be able to be used, but stylistically, uh, uh, like the yellow sink and some of the other stuff, probably. This bath was really tough. I mean, the pictures don't do it justice. Um, so the view of the old bath uh, is through a door that's not there anymore. We closed that off. That was going into the kitchen. Oh, okay. And so, and then we put the shower on that wall. And one really cool thing, and I don't know if you can see it. You see where the where the in the middle where the tile kind of gets darker. Yeah. Oh yeah. There? 
So that niche, we is that's just a niche. We just heron, we did a herringbone pattern with the same tile, so it looks a little different. But but if you could if you could zoom in, which you can't right on this picture, um, that niche is five feet wide by a foot tall. So it actually goes the the walls of the shower go right into the niche. There's there's no notching, no moving, and it's really a cool thing. It's just that we're looking at it through a pane of glass, and it might not be might not be visible, but um, yeah, that was neat. That that bath was as challenging as any bath we've ever done. Man, they had they had tile on the in the old bath on the on the tile floor. They had two inches of literal concrete, not fake concrete. They had concrete wow. that we had to bust out of there. And uh, uh, same with that shower. That shower was just like being in a tunnel. It was like thirty inches, really narrow, thirty inches wide. Ceiling goes low. You're, it was just institutional, you know. But uh, in 1968, it was probably the height of master, master uh, bath, I guess. But well, big changes what, in there. One of the things you mentioned that I remember we looked at some old houses and the ones that were from like that 70s era. They and I never even thought of ways to get around it, but a lot of them had the bathroom like right on the kitchen, which to me was so strange because uh, it just doesn't seem like a place where you want to go to the bathroom. Just like if everyone's in the kitchen, you got to use the bathroom a lot. But uh, the idea that you walled off that that doorway and then yes it was close to the kitchen but with the wall there you would have no idea it's it feels like it's its own but it feels like it's not attached to the to the kitchen it's you know I don't know yeah. if that where it came from if that was a hallway bathroom on the other side or if that was a bedroom bathroom but that's a really cool thing that you talked about where you kind of turned that wall into a, a shower wall and created some space there yeah and uh, uh, yeah we do find that sometimes in old stuff older stuff where I find a lot of farmhouses actually where where that the downstairs bath you have to go through the kitchen to get to it and it's like well not <laughs> ideal right like you, you just not everyone want, yeah those two things yeah, exactly uh you don't really want those two things going together so right. um, if there's a way around it we we try to fix it if if we have a choice we never put the bath there <laughs> but uh sometimes you're you're hemmed in by by a hundred year old house you know but um so yeah it was it was fun to see how it turned out when i first looked at it i went Oh my gosh! I don't know what is the solution because it was narrow too. Like that, that uh, shower was um, not a normal size. So you have to now. There's code clearances, so you got to have two feet in front of a toilet. And we wanted a shower door, and so you you you, you have to uh, make all this stuff work. And there's got to be room for things to to open. And you also, I think, so important in design is that. Uh, or what's so important in, in design is that it needs to make sense for somebody who didn't go through the process. You know, like you get, I saw it when it was old and crappy and the homeowners yeah. lived with it before it was fixed. And to them, like anything was better. Uh, but we know that at some point, somebody's going to walk in there, mom, dad, uncle, and going to go, why'd you do that? <laughs> well, you don't understand. Here's the old pictures. Uh, we'll show right. you. Right. No, it's yeah. gotta be, it's gotta be a legitimate um, bath when it's all said and done. Well, the nice thing on both these is that everything got a lot mo more modern, uh, something more functional. But also, and then part of that modernization probably was just so much brighter uh, that it just feels. Uh, and I would imagine that part of the benefit of removing the soffits uh, is because obviously then you're lifting things up. So it kind of creates a, uh, an eye level where you feel like everything's more open, too, because the cabinets are higher. So you're not like everything just feels bigger, even if not necessarily it is. You know, so about every day somebody asks me. Like, why are there soffits? What's the point of the soffit? Where is <laughs> and, uh, the dirt? Where is the dust going to collect otherwise? Mike? 
I, I always uh, kind of relate back to my start in construction in the late 80s. And uh, we'd be building a house, and then uh, you get done with everything else, and you're, one of the last things you do is build a soffit. You'd be, okay, it's time to build the soffit. So we, we never questioned it, and we never went, why are we building it? Like, what's the purpose of the soffit? <laughs> and, uh, and a lot of times it was, it was, you know, a trick to make them always come out perfectly around the cabinet. So it wasn't like easy. It took effort. It wasn't the easiest thing to do. Um, so I'm really glad that now we're uh, going cabinets to the ceiling. I, you can tell from the picture it's it's a much nicer look. Um, I, I think uh, um, the lighting you mentioned, uh, lighting has gotten so big. Uh, we're going back to houses that we built new 10, 12 years ago and adding light. I mean, I'm embarrassed to say, like, at the time, we didn't know any better. <laughs> like, we weren't daylighting stuff. I guess it never occurred to us that uh, – four months of the year, you're not home when it's light out in the right. state. So you need to have well, lights. I mean, in our house, I mean, in our master bathroom, they have, our house is about 15, it's a teenager. I know that maybe 15, 17 years old, but it's got some lights in there. And one of the things that we're like, well, track lighting in here would be so much better because it's just got these two little lights. Okay. What kind of bulb you put in there? Cause it's also kind of ornate. Cause it's kind of like a fancy um, design for the, the light fixture, but it's like, it's dark in here. Yeah. There's a window, but, one of those doing any good when it's dark at four o'clock. So it's one of those things with the bathroom. It's, it's like the darkest room in our house. It's like, how do there's, and there's no easy way to create light in there outside of, you know, putting up the, the lighting in the ceiling. But, well, I think too, like the technology has gotten better. We've got the LED lights and they've gotten much more palatable and everybody knows they don't burn much electricity. If any, um, very dimmable, the dimmers now are starting to work. When we first started doing a lot of LED uh, recessed lighting, you know, we were struggling with the dimmers. The technology just hadn't caught up, but now that appears to be fixed. Um, and so now you got, you got, you got this light that you can control. You know, you don't, I would assume most people aren't turning on all the lights we put in these rooms all at the same time. You would just get blasted out of there, but it's there when you need it. Um, and you can dim it and control it. And, and uh, the time to do that stuff is when you're in there doing work. I will take a break here. This is the Edge Construction Home and Modeling Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin on demand. Welcome back to the Edge Construction Home and Modeling Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin on demand. Don't forget you can listen to this podcast and all your favorite podcasts anywhere you enjoy listening to podcasts. Uh, Jim Rollins alongside Mike Tuick from Edge Construction. Call Mike at 636-EDGE. You can go to edgeconstructioncompany.com to browse the work and read reviews. And uh, today we're going to talk about, uh, the first segment was about some jobs that Mike has done in the area. But today, uh, all those jobs, we're going to talk about kind of a key part of that process, which was the design and drawing phase of the the process here. And there's kind of some steps we can walk through, and I'll use those as a jumping off point here for you, Mike. And one I think you've been pretty adamant about letting people know is that start big, uh, create a budget and a wish list. But first of all, I think, Ideally, going with what, you know, obviously you need to know what your budget is, but come in with like everything that you want done. And then slowly, uh, as you know, the budget, if everything doesn't fit within that budget, you can start tiering what's the most important. But if you start small, you're going to miss small. Uh, if you start big, you're still going to end up being pretty close to what your your big job wanted to be. Uh, and I think, is that kind of fair to say that you want to get everyone, you, every, you want their full wish list when you're coming in to talk to someone about a remodel? Yeah, I think the best plan is to get it all out there. Like, um, if you have a list, give us the whole list. If you have ideas, give them. Give us the pie in the sky because 
Um, I'm sure most people wouldn't be surprised that almost nobody does everything on the list. Like it, it's, it's never carte blanche for a remodeler. We go, what do you mean? We, there's no budget. We get to do this thing top to bottom. So, but at least, but at least when we start off, you get, you get kind of that painful part out of the way. And then we go, okay, let's peel some things off. Um, and, and a lot of times those jobs come back around. We were, um, in neighborhoods last week looking at new jobs of, and it seemed like we had remodeled the houses next door of these three jobs. And I think all three of those actually had done a job with us maybe five years ago. And then two years ago, we went back and did a kitchen. And then um, now we might be looking at a bath, but it's, it's really fun for us when that happens because, um, you know, they're part of the family and we, we know them, they know us. Um, I, I think it's validating as if you're in this business, if somebody's coming back to you, that's a pretty good thing. That's what, we're, what our goal is. Like, uh, tattoos. You can't just get one. You got to get multiple. <laughs> <laughs> please, please call us again. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're, we love doing that. And, uh, and, uh, especially when you tell your neighbors, that's a, that's a really good thing. Good incentive for us. But, um, yeah, that, that is, that is the way to start. That is the best way to start. Um, I do notice uh, uh, differences between the couples. A lot of times uh, um, the, the female side is very open to that plan. They want to give you, they want, they want to get it all out. They want to tell you everything. And, and I'm like this too. I'd be like, no, uh, you know, because <laughs> um, I'm watching the dollars just, just ratchet up. But it's not like you've spent the dollars. You just, you're, you're kicking tires, right? You're, you're throwing ideas around, you're brainstorming. And initially that's what we're doing too. Like we don't, we don't know the first day. Um, I get a lot of pressure from, from homeowners sometimes. Well, can you give me some idea what it's going to cost? Like, you know what? That's really not fair. Like to either of us, let us do the work. Let's get this priced out. It might be less than you think. Um, might be more than you think, but at least you'll have an honest answer. Um, and I, I, like I said, I think that's the best way to go. Yeah. And, um, you know, as we kind of talk about that process here, uh, it kind of comes down to uh, the word they use here is figuring out what's essential uh, to uh, what's to this remodel. And I know that you talked before as far as in the past, it's been magazines, but now it's been one, your design team comes in and they can see different aspects of the house. Of what's the style of the people in the house, but then also uh, Pinterest and uh, Heck, probably even different shows that they watch. They watch the show with uh, the Magnolia Farms folks. And it's like, okay, well, if you like that country, you know, it might give you a hint into, I'm sure your design team is, and you are trying to pick up as many hints as possible. So again, the more open they are, you can figure out what's essential and, and kind of your design style as well. You know, in our, just internally last week, we were talking about uh, um, from the, from our designers who were telling me, we're just in this interesting time where people are coming for the most part with some idea of what they like. Um, and that in the past, that really wasn't how it was. I mean, you kind of, um, it was, it was harder before websites like Pinterest and house, um, or even, even some builders of websites like ours, where you go, okay, I, I think we have a 110 or 120 projects on house. Uh, boy, you can really get a feel for what the kind of work somebody does and not just um, uh, maybe not quality, but you can sure see their designs and go, okay, everything looks the same. Like I, I like to make fun of uh, partly because my wife just loves this show, the the cutesy couple down in Texas. With That's my reference. Products. My wife loves it too. Magnolia Farms. Like they've blown up. You can buy their plates at 
at Target or whatever. Like they're they're huge <laughs> now, but yeah, everyone loves them. <laughs> okay, they're great marketers. I, 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 I didn't say I just said my wife loves the show. I don't I don't know the quality of their work, but and I like what they do. Um, but um, I think it's a little the the trouble is when you have all the success is to not keep doing the same thing over and over and. If you evaluate a lot of their designs, boys, things you can definitely see what they like because, and 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 maybe that's a good thing. Maybe homeowners that are that love that style are finding them and and they just go along because they're getting what they want. Um, I, I was giving our our head designer some some props this week because I said, listen, um, I love that when you go on our website, every job doesn't look the same because no two homeowners are the same. Every every house is different. Every House's location is different, and you want to take advantage of all those things. Um, and then the other thing is there's there's new stuff coming out. There's more options for plumbing fixtures, tile, things like that. And so the challenge from a design side is to not only find things that, um, that are good price point, um, and certainly we, we stay above a floor in quality, but usually – the, the quality is an issue. It's just finding what we like and making finding things that or things that are close to what we like because they're they're great price point. Um, we know those things can fit into into designs, and it's it's always staying fresh with that, always offering new things. Um, I would I would I don't have that that gene that design gene. I I know what I like. Yeah, you know, if you drew me a picture, Jim, I can build it. That's my talent, right? Um, but. Uh, I love seeing those things come together because there's times when I look at our, at our designers, the package, you know, I go, eh, I don't know. I don't know if I'd have the, the guts to go with that, but it's, it's uh, when you see it all come together at the end and the homeowners are there, you're looking at this, this model in their house. Okay. Now you can see where that really paid off that design. And, and of course the drawing side too. Well, and part of the thing here it says that to try to help them to find their story. So how much do you guys do to be able to help them almost find their style? Because even though people have ideas, they might not necessarily know, maybe put in a name to their style. So when you come back for future jobs as well, you kind of know a little bit more what they're looking for. Well, it's, it's interesting because from the design side, and you can, you can find a lot of these things online, a lot of these stories online, you are uh, that sort of pigeonhole you. And then once you know your style, then you kind of don't want to break the rules. You want to, and I, <clears throat> that's where I push our design staff a little bit and say, listen, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I say, don't, don't pigeonhole them. Um, let, think less about the style and find the things they like and that fit their house. And, and you're able to coordinate so that this works right. You know, because I like modern farmhouse doesn't mean I can't appreciate, um, mid-century modern or or something more eclectic um, um, or the craftsman style uh, and sometimes there's a little little bit of mix in it my point is the it appears to me like uh, there are no rules anymore you know you got to get out of this thing where you're thinking okay I'm, I'm modern farmhouse and so that means I can't do this well you, you can't until somebody does it and you see it and you love it right <laughs> like you um, so that's where that where that great designer can help you get over the hump because sometimes you can't, you're, you're too close to it, right? You, you have, you have too many preconceived notions. You, um, you need somebody else to pull in something that, that you go, wow, I never considered that before. Um, and I like it. So that's, a, that's got to be a really fun part of our process. 
Uh, we'll take a break here. This is the Edge Construction Home Remodeling Show on 100.5 ESPN and the ESPN app and Wisconsin On Demand. Welcome back to the Edge Construction Home Remodeling Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app and Wisconsin On Demand. Jim Rutledge with Mike Tuick from Edge Construction. You can listen to this show with Wisconsin On Demand or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And uh, we're talking about the design process today. And we've talked last segment about the idea of the homeowner bringing ideas to the design team and uh, trying to figure out uh, uh, the style of the homeowner. But the other part of the process here, Mike, is the idea that you want to, the design team wants to try to figure out a way to uh, work with the homeowner and bring fresh ideas in there. So there's kind of a collaborative effort and there's probably kind of trust built up throughout the design process. Cause you say it is kind of a longer, a longer process than maybe people think, but that's partially because everyone can work together. There's different things that your design team may have seen in other houses or other, you know, projects where they might feel that the homeowner might like, and the homeowner might not even thought about it, but there's also things that, uh, you know, whether it's walls that could come down or different things that could be opened up that could open the eyes of, of the homeowner that they haven't even crossed their mind yet. Yeah. So you kind of talk about two different things. One is, one is um, this, um, this, idea that you can get ideas from things like we, we've already talked about house a little bit and Pinterest. And a lot of times those are sort of product oriented. Like I'll go, well, hey, well, well if homeowners say, you know, I, I saw this tile. I love that. So I'm going to pull that into my library. Um, I, this, this Island design, I got that in there. And um, these color, maybe this color in this room, this color in that room or this countertop. Um, and Soon, soon you end up with this kind of, um, um, I used to call it cut and paste remodeling. Like, okay, I have all these things. I, I like, I got a laundry list of things that I like, and I've got all these, these products pulled in and, and it's maybe not uh, cohesive. What a good designer does and goes, a good designer looks at that and says, oh, this is a, this is really valuable. It's given me an indication of what you like, of what your style is. So now I'm going to start trying to find things that it may be those things. It may be one or two of those things that you really like. And now I'm going to find what things that coordinate with that and pull it together. That's, that's big. Um, the other side of it that really helps. And, and we're always pushing and getting better with this is the CAD design part of that, because the renderings that we get now are so much better than what, there used to be in the past. And a rendering really on CAD is, it's the cartoon picture, right? It's uh, the cutesy couple, they do this really fancy, <laughs> my wife's gonna go, stop saying cutesy couple. Um, but it's it's all live, it's like a 3D walkthrough of, of this design ahead of time. And it's pretty cool. Um, I did look up online, by the way, Jim, they hire an outside company to do that and it's $10,000 per, design. So wow. we have had people ask for that and said, um, yes, we can, but <laughs> they, they pay $10,000. Like, and nobody says, oh yeah, it's great. I'll pay the $10,000. <laughs> but uh, the renderings that we can do now just with software we have are phenomenal. Um, that we can get pretty close on color. And again, like I'm saying, it's a rendering. It's a computer picture. It's, a, it's, a, it's like the cartoon picture. It's gotten really good but it's still not like a photo. Um, but it's really helpful for homeowners because you, as this design comes together, we start putting in actual product into those renderings. It starts to make a lot more sense and you're able to see kind of things um, coming together. Um, I think we're about to make another leap in software 
where um, we can do 3D now, 3D walkthroughs, but it's it's just not quite there. It's not good enough in my eyes. But I think we're um, our next go around on on software is going to really change things that way. And there's a lot of benefits to that software. We spent a lot of time doing CAD, uh, which is expensive time. So this uh, the newer the software, the the less hours it takes, the easier it is to make changes. The the renderings get better. The all of those things really help um, and can really help on a design to help homeowners make a decision at some point too. Well, and then are there certain things that you've been able to, obviously every job's different, but in your experience that, you know, common things that could open up the homeowner's eyes that they never even crossed their mind because whether it's you or the design team have experience knowing like whether, look, a lot of houses in the area, like I, I joke the house up the street is like our sister house. It's the same house. It's, it's, I mean, I'm sure they've done some different things inside of it, but it's the same layout, it's the same color. So you obviously might have literally been in some of these houses before to see some ideas that the homeowner might not have thought about as far as maybe structurally changes. Oh, yeah, too. for sure. Um, and maybe a quarter of our work, a third of our work is downtown on the on the old houses. And it's amazing how many things were kind of just regional here. You know, you, the, the designs didn't change a lot. Um, you know, if you saw 1930s little uh, cottage or bungalow, the insides tend to look kind of the same. And when you structurally get in there, a lot of our best structural ideas come up, come from homeowners living in a house for a long time going, Oh, if that wall just wasn't there and we go, okay, let's figure this out and see what it looks like then when we build around that. So if we take out that wall that you don't like, maybe we can redesign this kitchen to work better for the rest of the house. Um, sometimes we, we do it and we go, you know what? Um, it's just not worth the effort, you know, to go through get that wall out and maybe it spurs us in a different direction on design um, in CAD. So um, that, that it is helpful that um, people tend to want the same things, though. They want that good sized open kitchen. They want real counter space. They want good storage. They want some pantry space. Um, I, I always think we're doing kitchen remodels, even if it's on a house that's 20 years old. This goal is the same. We want the kitchen to join the rest of the house. You know, we want it to do a little, a little better job of that than it does right now. Um, and on the old houses, it's easy. You go, oh, okay, it's closed off back in a corner. Obviously, we got to change something. But uh, it, your your house isn't that old. But there's things that I'm sure you don't like about it. There's things well, you'd want to change. I'll give an example of you and the design team working together. There was some doors we want to take off here that we're not going to. We don't want to replace. So we're going to have the trim done with you guys. But one of the questions I had was, does it make sense to even try to, you know, open that space up and not have the the way for the door? And two of you kind of designed quick, uh, decided quickly as you're going through. It's like, it's not really worth the cost uh, to try to do something like that because there's going to be more involved. So it's like a good, quick conversation, but that's probably through experience where you kind of said, look, unless you absolutely can't stand it, I would just not put the doors in there and just leave it open with the doorway, though. And that's just a small example. But uh, again, that's one thing that we didn't like, asked you guys about it, and you quickly had a, a, an answer that was satisfactory. So, so when you're remodeling a house and you're going through this design process, you have time to really consider that stuff. Whereas like when you're building new, it's bam, 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 let's get this thing into action. And we got, you know, we need to build. Um, so I think that the, the, the real process, and we go through this too, is okay, if we do take that out of there, yes, um, it, I think it would feel better. It would look more balanced. There's a lot of reasons to do it. Um, but if the next homeowner goes, um, well, I sure wish that had a, a couple doors there. You go, you could go, well, in theory, I got 
two doors down in my basement or, you know, like, or it'd be fairly easy for them if the opening didn't change to, to go back to the way it was. Um, you know, if you're going to stay for a while, you, you, you have the right to have the things that you want. I always think so. Um, if it doesn't, I know, I remember that area. It's does feel kind of closed in. Um, it'd be nice if it was open, but it's very normal what you're doing. Those doors, a lot of times people don't think when they're putting, first putting those in is how much space they take up when they're open, right? Yep. They got walls to land on. You got to, it, it inhibits how you put furniture in there probably. Yep. Uh, so there are some benefits to taking them out too. Yeah, and again, everyone's got style, but it's also, again, it's an op, a good example of prioritizing. It wasn't high on the list. So it was more just a question. I was like, okay, well, not worth the effort. Leave it in there. But again, I, that's kind of like a small example of the design process. Uh, we'll take a break here. We'll get to everyone's favorite part, uh, the codes, regulations, and, and, and things like that, that go into the design process. Uh, this could actually be the true budget buster at times. Uh, you kind of get into that next segment here. Uh, this is the Edge Construction Only Modeling Channel 100.5 ESPN. ESPN app and Wisconsin on demand. Welcome back to the Edge Structure. We'll be modeling channel 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app and Wisconsin on demand. If you're remote with Mike Tuick from Edge Construction, call Mike at 636-EDGE. You can go to edgeconstructioncompany.com to browse the work and read reviews. You can go to House and Facebook and Instagram to see more of their work as well. And you can listen to the rest of the show with Wisconsin on demand or anywhere else you listen to your podcasts be available there um, you know, as soon as possible. So, Mike, I wanted to talk to you. Uh, the last thing here, I know your favorite subject, but it's actually become very interesting to me, partially because I know you, and I just hung out with a friend of mine who's an electrician uh, over in the Milwaukee area, and you know he gets really excited about this stuff too. But uh, a lot of times in the design process, when you start talking about what you want done in the ideal scenario, uh, I don't know if it's necessarily to say you have to be the killjoy, but there are things like codes and regulations that you might have to kind of step into, whether it's, I always think of the old school, you know, Seinfeld, that's a load bearing wall, Jerry, or uh, I know you've always referenced the knob and two wiring for those older houses in the area. So there are some things uh, as far as getting a house too cold code that could eat into the budget, which then could eat into the design process. So this is kind of where uh, another part of the process. Yeah. I, I have noticed like uh, there's, there's more on the docket um, where we're actually changing the outside of the house. Either we're doing an addition, even if it's a small addition, or we're going up uh, a ranch home, we're adding a second story. I think we've got uh, at least a few of those coming in the next year. I think it's kind of an indication that values have come up and you're not able to just go around the corner and find a, a house that better suits you. So people are going, you know what, um, if my value's up, it's, it's, um, it's worth it for me to invest in this house. I've got some room here. Uh, I can't, I'm not going to find a new house just by going around the corner. So I, I got to make this uh, do what I can here. Anytime you're modifying, you mentioned a little bright wall, Jerry, but that's on the inside of the house. That's usually fairly easy. Um, yes, you do need to consider that when you're just tearing stuff out or you're going to have somebody in your, in your lap. But, um, but on the outside of the house, it's much different. There's, that that uh, when somebody calls us up and says, "Hey, um, uh, I want to do an addition," my first question is, "Have you talked to zoning?" Because the the people, the friendly people at zoning, will they're the ones that can tell you what you can and can't do. You, and as a homeowner, it's a good first stop. They, to be honest, they don't really want to talk to us. They want to talk to you. Um, they're used to dealing with homeowners um, with all those same questions. So they're. Uh, a setback is a, is some language they're used to getting asked about. And a setback, do you know what a setback is, Jim? You probably should share that, yeah. 
Okay, so if you if your lot is uh, 200 feet wide, and the setbacks are uh, the side setbacks, so meaning you can build within 10 feet. If the setback's 10 feet, you can build up to 10 feet away from your lot line. Okay, so a lot of times they're um, 25 feet combined, no less than 10. So one could be 10 and one could be 15. Um, but all that's got, it needs to be figured out. And and they'll the people at zoning will will help you. They'll say, okay, you, are you changing your driveway location? No. Okay, you don't have to worry about that. Are is there something else I need to worry about? Um, maybe there's a height restriction on, on going up, or some some municipalities have a like a calculation. If your if your first floor is this, your roof perch is this, you can only you can only add so many feet in height, believe it or not. Um, so you got to be careful of that stuff. Um, there might be other restrictions around a lake property, right? So uh, a, a really easy one, low hanging fruit there is. Uh, you can't build within 75 feet of a waterway. So that could be a boathouse that's over a, the inside of that boathouse. If it's over water, could be, is considered a waterway. So you got to start your tape measure right there, measure back 75 feet. Okay, we can't get any closer. It restricts. Um, let's see what else would be. I know we, we built one house in the country last year, and they had an 85-foot restriction from the edge of the road. Meaning we this house, even the garage of this house could not be within eighty-five feet of the front of the road. So it's a that's that's close that's closer than you think. I mean, like you uh, um I would have thought it'd been more like fifty feet because it just feels like a long ways away, but that was that that township or that county's restriction. So it wasn't Dane County, by the way. I don't know. I don't know this one off the top of my head, but um if you build in Milton it's not where your foundation is for the setback to the lot line. It's the farthest point out, including your eave trough. So your gutter, they, if they level the line down and you're whatever the setback is, if it's 15 feet, if you're, or 10 feet, if you're, if that takes you, but down to nine feet, they're going to say, okay, cut off that part of your house. <laughs> we will not okay this. So um, the codes and ordinances can get in. You're not in a historic district, but a lot of people are in downtown Madison. Um, you can do pretty much anything to the inside of your house in those historic districts. But if you're doing something on the outside, uh, in a lot of places, changing the color, um, changing your windows, could be could be a bunch of things. Your siding, putting in a dish on, that's, that's obvious. It, it probably has to go through that department meaning uh, we've got to fill out a bunch of paperwork. You've got to fill out some paperwork, get everything approved ahead of time. So all those res the research on the codes and ordinances and regulations um, is something that happens way before a building permit. <laughs> well, I would imagine that that's got to be a part when you talk, like as a homeowner, you, you kind of get it. But I remember looking at, uh, we're looking at different houses of like just making sure, you know, making sure you could have a fence and all these different things with the homeowner association. But they always drove me insane when you look at certain houses like, wait, you can't do this or that there. It's my house. So I would imagine that it's probably beneficial for you if, if it is the homeowner calling the, the city asking about the ordinances. So it's not kill the messenger when you tell them like, hey, uh, uh, you can't do this. You can't do that because the city won't allow it. Well, and nothing's standardized. You know, it's it's not like um, it's not like we know what we're getting into. Um, uh, the country townships have different rules than the cities. The 
every municipality. I mean, how many other in Dane County that butt up to Madison? A lot of those can have different rules and regulations, um, not just on zoning, but on building codes. There's there are things that come to play there too. So um, the building codes we're pretty up on. If we go from municipality to municipality, it's, it, Wisconsin is the only state I think that doesn't just accept the universal building code. It's kind of frustrating. I wish they would. It would make it a lot easier. Not, not that we're trying to get away with something. It's just that it's a, it's standardized, so everybody knows what they're getting into, um, and and it would be helpful. So um, I think there's a lot of rules like that 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 homeowners probably aren't aware of. And like anything, it probably makes sense, right? If the project gets bigger, you're more susceptible to those rules and regulations because um, on a big enough project where you're changing the outside or the footprint, uh, zoning is always your first always your first stop. Well, I'll ask you a, a zoning question here as we wrap up. But so is there with that kind of stuff, um, let's say you had something that let's say a municipality can if they change the the code, uh, like how does that affect you if you're doing a remodel? So let's say you're already grandfathered in to have this done, but then if the remodel comes in, does that affect your your grandfather status, if you will? I, I'm trying to think of if someone, for whatever reason, the township moved it from uh, 85 to 90 feet uh, as far as the setback. And and all of a sudden, like you, SOL, if you're trying to do a remodel, like you can't do it because then all of a sudden it's not considered grandfathered in. Well, I mean, if it's already built, I don't, I don't think it matters. I mean, as long as you're not changing the footprint, as soon as you're stepping outside the line, then you're going to be subjected to the new rules. So it's, it's not, they don't make it impossible to follow. They really don't. Um, but um, some of the building codes, by the way, a little tougher. I mean, that, that we've had rule changes that were very hard to follow. Um, and uh, like most everybody that does this work in Dane County, you know, we really try and overshoot the building codes just so that we don't have those problems. But um, uh, uh, there's things that I go, okay, this doesn't make sense. You know, um, I wish it was a little different, but zoning it for the most part, um, they don't make wholesale changes on zoning very often. So um, generally you're okay. Uh, well, this has been, that's all our time, Mike. Uh, this has been the Edge Construction Home Remodeling Show on 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin on demand.